is Web 37, at 1.37 p.m. Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web 3. GM, GM, guys, welcome to another episode of Web 37. Today, we'll be innovating in the music industry with spotty Wi-Fi. And it is also a very special space today as well, because we have Mike and Kai from the Music Verticals, as well as Courtney, who is a very valuable contributor to both music and NFT verticals as well. Spotty, could you just tell everyone about yourself for people who don't know you? Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for everybody that's tuning in. Please, you know, tweet out, share the room. But yeah, my my artist name is Spotty Wi-Fi. Um, I'm the the best and only crypto pa- crypto punk rapper alive. Um, emphasis on the only. But basically, I was a, a musician full time years ago. Um, stepped away from music. Got a day job. Got good at my job and thought music was in the past. Uh, until COVID, and then ended up losing my job during COVID, discovering NFTs, and buying a CryptoPunk, and then kind of seeing that like not a lot of people were doing much creative with their CryptoPunks at that time. You know, there weren't any CryptoPunk comic books or Adidas partnerships and things like that. And I just had the idea like to to make mute to to give my punk name and a backstory and make music to tell that story. Um, and that's what I set out to do and um, put together an album, sold it as an NFT in August and it, it went well. And, and it's just been a ride since then. Wow. Talk about a blessing in disguise, right? It really just that whole thing with the pandemic and your job, it just took you to a new direction. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I had. I had a lot of time on my hands, you know, I was, <laughs> I was learning about, I mean, I was, I was freelancing, uh, after the dust settled and I lost my job, but I was still, you know, not full-time employed anywhere. And I don't think I would have really gotten back on Twitter if it weren't for that. I, I had taken a long time off of Twitter and that's how I heard about NBA Top Shot, which was my, my gateway to NFTs. Good old Top Shot, a lot of people's gateways into NFTs. How did you come up with the name Spotty Wi-Fi? So my crypto punk was all, basically a floor, a floor punk. I think the floor might have been like 26 or 25 and I paid 27 ETH for my punk. Even though my punk is pretty rare, like the spots on his face, there's only 124 crypto punks that have spots. But people didn't think the spots were an attractive trait. People would hate on the spots, you know, and, and devalue them and, and not look for them like that, even though they're rare, you know, there's only 88 zombies, there's only 124 spots, but this punk was on the basically on the floor. So once I started seeing like, oh, people get people are getting an audience just off of having a crypto punk, I want to do something with my music. Um, I knew that his identity had to be you know, the spots had to be central to his identity. And so I started calling him Spotty Pippin. And people would laugh when I said that. And that's when I knew I was onto something. And then I eventually spotty Wi-Fi just came to me as I had as I had been thinking about this idea for a long time. It just popped into my head. And I was like, that's it. You know, Spotty Pippin is his his legal name, his government name in the metaverse. And then Spotty uh, Spotty Wi-Fi is his stage name. Wow, love it. I didn't even know that 
like since it was more rare, a lot of people didn't like it. So that's that's some new information for me. I think it makes your punk more unique. And I'm glad that you were able to brand it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like, you know, Spotty, the character has a chip on his shoulder because of that, because he feels like he was overlooked and he was slept on for his spots. And I think that's something that anybody and that's why he has this like Napoleon complex on Twitter and he's all caps and he's always yelling about something. Um, and I feel like people can relate to that. Like everybody has spots, you know, everybody is spotty. Everybody has something that the rest of the world points at and laughs at or devalues or makes fun of, but that is what makes you, you, you know, and, and that makes you valuable. I love that personally. I think that's a phenomenal, like foundational theme for a brand. And I'm curious as far as the music goes, uh, where your inspirations lie in all of this. I saw you were a member of the bridge and that you guys opened up for some notable artists. Um, could you tell us a bit about how music came into the fold for you and like what artists were really inspiring you uh, growing up as you were listening to them? Yeah, man. You know, my influences are kind of all over the place a little bit. You know, I did, my, my, my parents didn't listen to rap. I grew up listening to like my mom listened to the oldies station, you know, anything from like the doors to Sam cook to any, you know, Elvis or whatever. Um, and she had a record player in my room with like, you know, some Elvis records and the grease soundtrack and, and shit like that. And I would just be in my bedroom, just ruining her records, just scratching them and stuff. Um, and then as I got older into like middle school, I, I discovered rap music. Um, and, and then, you know, a lot of New York rap at that time, like Jay-Z was the first, like hard knock life was the first song where I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. Um, and then, but I'm from the Chicago area. So of course the Midwest, you know, Kanye, Lupe, Common, Twista, do or die, crucial conflict, all, all the whole Midwest. Um, and by the time I started making music very seriously, Atlanta and the South were really popping. So, um, I would say I'm heavily influenced by the South, uh, I mean, I, I, I was blessed to do a song with Bun B, so that was really cool. Um, I, I've used in the past. I had people tell me my when I would rap. They, I, I did have some people say they thought I sounded like Ludacris, and I love Ludacris. But um, but my favorite rapper is Nas, and a lot of a lot of other like '90s rap, and um, and especially especially the East Coast lyrical um, strength is something that I. I really love and respect because I'm not a producer. I don't like make the music. I'm not a instrumentalist. So I'm really just writing and trying to use my pen effectively. Awesome. I like some of my favorite artists in general have that, you know, lyrical rap background. There's so much substance in that and everything else you're working on in web three is very impressive. Um, but I'm going to pass it off to one of our other co-hosts. We've got a lot of questions. So, um, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, Spotty, it's a pleasure to talk with you today. Um, my first question for you is what's your favorite song that you've dropped so far? Um, that's a good question. I'm going to cheat and give you a couple. I think my most slept on song is a song I did with, um, champ, Medici, Snoop's son, um, and a couple other death row artists 
there's a song called My Ape. It was a it was one of uh, the Death Row ape drops where they, they did four songs that you could only purchase with ape coin. And I don't think a lot of people know this song, My Ape, but I, I'm really I love the sound of the song. I love the hook. I love the verses. And so that's one that I, I hope people will check out. It's not on streaming platforms yet. It's not on YouTube. It's only like on OpenSea. You got to go to the Snoop's Ape Drops or, or whatever the collection is called, which I don't actually <laughs> they published it on two collections. Uh, so you can find it. But anyways, um, but my, I mean, I still think I'm spotty. I'm spotty is like, I'm spotty was the first song I dropped as spotty. I think it's like the calling card. Um, the rhymes are so simple, you know, it's a very, it's like, it's really like an old school song in that, in that sense. But, and it's just funny to me, like every bar I tried to make a joke, I tried to make, I felt like with that song, I'm a cartoon rapper. Like I can't come in and take myself too seriously. I have to make people laugh with me because they can't laugh at you if they're laughing with you. And I feel like I'm spotty. It kind of like we, we, we hit the goal that we were trying to hit. We checked the boxes we were trying to check with that song. Um, and then the other one I would say is, uh, I mean, of course, having a song with Bun B is a dream come true. So all time high. And there's a, I'm giving you like half of my songs right now, but another song is called spotlight off of my album from last year. Cause spotlight is lyrically my favorite song. Cause it's the most personal song. I talk about some really real shit on there about, you know, COVID and losing my job and how I got to where my, this journey. Um, and that song we didn't put out as a single or anything. So it's, it's like a deep cut. I think a lot of us here can agree that Web3 brings a lot of unique opportunities to the table for upcoming artists, um, independent artists in both music and just art in general. Um, for you, what has been the most memorable moment of your career so far since um, diving so deep into Web3? Super memorable moments. Just a few that stick out would be um, selling out my album, you know, uh, while I was supposed to be on a on a conference call for my job I was freelancing at uh, in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, uh, selling that out in under 60 seconds. That was life-changing. Um, there was a complex article that was written about me that was really uh, validating. Um, and then I would say some of the shows I've been able to, to perform. You know, I performed at the 1.37 p.m. at uh, party, uh, sponsored by Coinbase, hosted by Gary Vee, with with Bun B there with me. Um, we did a few shows that week together. That was incredible. Um, so again, I'm cheating and giving you more than one answer, but it's just been so many, like so many moments over the past year that I never would have expected that it's hard to just say like, Oh, this is the one. Totally understand that. Um, the last question I have for you and then I'll pass it off to Ezra who I know has a question. Um, what are you looking forward to most at NFT NYC in the coming month? Are you looking forward to a performance that you're doing or any specific events um, inside the actual event? Oh, wow. Okay. You're just, you're just like begging me to shill now. Um, I got a party on the 19th at Margaritaville. Uh, free vodka for all my token holders from, from Wisher Vodka. Um, the 20th, I know there's the 20th, I'm going to the Atom Bomb Squad party. Pusha T is performing. Um, the 21st, I think, is the award show. I'm nominated for a couple awards. Um, 
the 21st that night. I have a party that I haven't announced yet, but I'm throwing a party with some of the other elite apes. Um, and also with this board game that we're launching, Apeopoly. Um, and we're launching that at NFT NYC. So stay tuned for Apeopoly. I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I got a couple other tricks up my sleeve that I just can't really talk about. But yeah, there's, I'm, 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 and New York has been all consuming. It's like from the moment I wake up, so the moment I go to sleep for the past week and for and or more and for the next week, it's just all getting ready for New York and trying to make sure I'm as visible as possible and make sure that I'm able to get as much face time with my token holders as possible and do things and make them feel special for any of them that can get out to New York. Last year was amazing. We won the music award at the NFT award, NFT NYC awards, and we had a meetup with my token holders. That was my first time ever meeting any of them. Um, and, and we're just hoping to, to build from that fun. Also real quick, I couldn't get on a stage last year. I couldn't, I couldn't beg my way in front of a microphone on any stage last year. My only performance at NFT NYC last year was on top of a short bus, like a school bus that had been converted into like a hippie caravan type of vehicle and they had a little speak you know some speakers and a little platform on the roof of it and i pulled up and we um and we and we crashed somebody's party i don't remember whose party it was and we were performing under a bridge under an overpass and it was loud as hell because the bridge was echoing all the music and that was the only way i could perform last year and this year like it's going to be hard to get away from me you know you'd probably be sick of me by the end of the week I love that. I, well, I'll I'll be out there, so I'm super excited to hopefully run into you and, and chat more. But I'll pass it off to Ezra, who I know has been eagerly waiting to ask his question. I also wanted to ask you've you really utilized, you know, your ape as well as your punk um, and its IP to your advantage in branding and just marketing yourself. Do you plan on doing that with more PFPs or is it just going to be limited to these two collections? Um, that you're kind of representing? Um, I'll, I definitely in the long term will do it with others. Um, I, you know, I keep talking about this comic book cause it kind of, it's, it's, it serves a lot of purposes, but you know, my comic book, you'll get to meet rude dude, which is my doodle. You know, he's also an MC. Um, you'll get Ooh. to, you know, you, you get to meet cheat code who is uh, a cheetah for was well, technically leopard fur gutter cat. You know, he's also an MC. Um, you know, DJ mad scales is my, my me bit. He's a, a skeleton DJ. Um, you know, of course, gold, real, the hype man, my board apes. Um, I have another board ape that I call Sergeant Simi. We just released our first song together. Um, and, and the voice behind Sergeant Simi is a, a, a Grammy winner, a, a multi-platinum producer. And, uh, he's going to be with me at NFT NYC. We'll be doing, he's going to be performing on the 21st at our party there. Um, but yeah, so I am leading with the punks and with my apes you know, because they're the most popular collections, but I'm really proud of the collection that I've put together in the past year of my NFTs. And I have a lot of plans for the, for the ones where I have IP rights. Um, I have, I have a lot of plans. We're dropping a new song tomorrow. I can say that we're, we're dropping a new song, Spotty and Goldrilla and Sergeant Simi. So we, we got a new one coming out soon. Spotty, I got to ask, um, cause we met last year, uh, um, at NFT NYC at the award show. Um, I, I gotta ask, bro, like 
you're, you're, you're coming with the hair, right? Like you're going to be dying the hair, cheetah print and everything. I know that's a really silly question, but <laughs> no, nah, bro, it's not a silly question at all. The, the funny thing is, uh, yes, I'll be there with the hair. I recently got married, so I recently had to get my oh, hair. Oh, congrats, like, dude. Yeah, so um, so my hair my hair is um, – I don't look like myself right now. I look like I, I look like someone other than Spotty right now. Uh, but and, and the funny thing is I'm going to another friend's wedding on the 18th, so I'm, and the mm. wedding is in Iowa. So I'm pulling up to a wedding in Iowa on the 18th with my Spotty hair. Uh, first time, first time spotty has gone to a, um, a, a, a real world wedding. So that should be interesting. The response that I get. The reaction. Wow. wow. You gotta, you gotta make sure to take plenty of pictures, bro. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's probably spotty's first time wearing a suit. Actually. That's big. That's big. That's all I got. That's all I got for the moment, but Wait, I'm sure not I got- even a suit during the wedding. <laughs> No, I guess, you know what, this conversation is making me think, because you've been asking me about identity and things like that. I feel like the spotted hair is like my, um, that's like my cape. That's like Superman going in the toilet. Oh, yeah. Or the, the phone booth, you know. When Right now, right now I'm MIG, you know. And uh, when, I, when, I, when I do the hair, or like, remember the, the Sylvester Stallone movie, Over the Top, when he would turn his baseball cap backwards, and that's when you knew he was ready. Like that's when I, that's when I got the hair activated. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for questions though. That's, but that's, um, I'm excited to see these pictures, bro. Awesome. Uh, so we recently covered water and music's year in review about, uh, the music scene, uh, in web three in 2021. One thing we noted was that there was a ton of emerging, platforms, DAOs, with all different sorts of identities, but with a a common goal of of enabling artists to do their job better, to have more sustainable careers as a result, a whole litany of of different things. Um, Are there any platforms or DAOs that stick out to you as great, uh, like enablers of of artists being able to just make art? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say... The first one that comes to mind is Manifold. You know, Manifold allows any creator to mint their own custom smart contract in a pretty user-friendly and cost-effective way, which I'm a big fan of. Um, on the music side of things, I would say I really like the team at Mint Songs. I haven't done anything with them yet, but I probably will at some point. And I like what they're doing because they're all inclusive like anybody can use their platform which i think should be i think that should be non-negotiable in the web3 space in most cases in most cases one exception to that that i really respect and like is what blau is doing at royal royal is highly curated because they're actually helping artists innovate and they're actually putting a lot of resources and legal resources into allowing artists to sell publishing points and royalties in a way that I, as a totally indie artist, am not comfortable doing on my own because of the legal uncertainty we have and and the clarity we need regarding securities laws and how they apply to NFTs. So um, so those are the those are the three that jump out to me. I'm probably forgetting a lot of great people um, that I know, but I think the manifold, 
I think of Mint songs and I do love what Royal is doing, but I will say like, you know, my new, my new issue, my new soapbox is a lot of these music platforms that are out there, they're gatekeeping and they're in the name of curation, quote unquote, and they're not doing shit innovative. They're not doing anything innovative. Like all they're allowing an artist to do is come, hey, mint your song or mint your video. And the art is the utility. And we're going to take a cut. And we're going to only allow certain people to use the platform. You got to know somebody to get on the platform. You got to send, you got to direct message people, send flowers, send chocolates, all this stuff. And to me, that's just web two in sheep's clothing infiltrating web three. And I think most of them are just trying to package a bright, shiny object so that they can score some deal with a major label. And that in fact, if they wanted to really help artists as much as they say they do, they would figure out a way for their platforms to be available to everyone. I I think you said that perfectly. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. (laughs) Perfectly appropriate reaction there, Nick. Um, But I totally agree as it's pretty clear who's really in it for the long game uh, in helping artists and in artists connecting with fans and creating more avenues for fans to do so. Um, One thing that I was curious about uh, your opinion on is as this new sort of ecosystem is emerging for artists where now there's a push to create this sort of peripheral value and I mean, maybe peripheral is not the best word because it all has a lot to do with each other, everything to do with each other. But um, do you think there are any songs in particular that could just go up and be listed just as the MP3 that they could perform well? Or do you think it's it's limited exclusively to that separate value? No, I think it's I think it's both. Cert- certainly it's both. Um, I mean, I think, I think you, if, if you're a bigger artist, especially, you know, if your song, if your song has won, if if your song has been a number one song, or if your song has, uh, won a Grammy or an Oscar or something like that. And you, as the artist, if you own the right or the rights to mint that song purely as a collectible, then yeah. I mean, no doubt, I, or any, anyone who owns the rights to that song um, that that wants to mint it as a collectible, yeah, I think that's super dope, and I think I think I think I would probably be interested in in the song if it's if it's a song that's got historical value, and I happen to like the music. Um, just for me, as an indie artist, as a small artist trying to like carve an, a a a lane for myself. That's just not what's super interesting to me. And as a collector, as a collector, I will, I would always appreciate, even if that platinum song or that, you know, Grammy or Oscar award winning song, I would always appreciate and pay more if I own that song and I have some sort of commercial rights to it and I can put it in my content or I can remix it and put the remix on my album or I can have a meet and greet with the artist when they come to my town. Like those type, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think collectability is totally a baseless way to value art at all. I just think that 
I personally think the music NFT scene is one is, is I think we have a challenge to innovate. I think I think most of the music NFTs have an opportunity to innovate more than they are is is the best way I could say it. I think that's that's a great point that you know the same artists that are crafting these songs ideally are the same artists who are designing all these value adds you know that tie into the art i think you're the perfect example of an artist who's doing this effectively because just how outside the box some of these approaches you have are it's very feels very fresh and original which it's supposed to um but yeah i just really appreciate you being on with us today and sharing your insight and your experience and we're going to be actively keeping up with you and hopefully we cross paths at NFT NYC. Hey, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting, meeting you in New York and for anybody listening to that great testimonial that Mike just gave and you're like, how do I get my hands on some of these NFTs? Just go to my website, link in bio, and I'll have some, you know, some cool stuff, um, at, at the parties that I'm throwing in New York for all my token holders. I love that. And you guys were talking about utility that comes with, with the platforms. And it seems like the platforms need to develop a lot more in order to really move the space forward. And you mentioned Royal. We do have a pinned tweet of an article that we did to cover Royal. So if you guys want to check that out, that pin is up there. Yeah. So let's get uh, Curious Just going and then 5280. Hey, Ez. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey, Erica. Um, quick question for Spotty. So number one, I love like the utility that you provide, like by way of the vinyl that's going to be coming to your holders in the future. Um, and I, I, I've heard you speak about, you know, waiting for guidance from a regulatory standpoint uh, as it relates to royalties. But is that something that you think you will be considering at some point, you know, once we get clarification on that, hopefully? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... I try not to uh, I try not to harass Blau too much, but he already knows I'm I'm ready to collab, you know, to do a drop together. Um, and as soon as um, as soon as there is regulatory clarity to the point where I would be comfortable doing it on my own, I'll I'll do it. You know, it's it's definitely something I want to do to at least at least to experiment with. Um, I would say that I don't really hear a demand for that from my collectors. Uh, yet I don't, that's not something that I hear people asking for, which makes sense because I don't have a lot of streams. You know, I don't get a lot of my streaming revenue is not a big revenue stream for me. So, um, maybe that if I grow my audience and I grow my listenership on streaming platforms, maybe that will become more in demand, but yeah, it's something I'm definitely interested in. And, uh, just to provide some, um, context for what you're talking about my album nft the i'm spotty collection there is a vinyl record for each and every one of those 2000 nfts um there are only 2000 vinyls and um a lot of them haven't been claimed because i think a lot of people uh might not realize that they've been available since december uh they've been shipping since december and also i think a lot of people might be hesitant to provide a shipping address you know which is understandable but if you are interested um, you can read about that on my website, link in bio. And, uh, if you're looking for one of those NFTs on the secondary market, you can pull the, you look at the serial number and you can search on my Shopify store, 
to see if the vinyl record for that particular serial number is still available. Cool. I really appreciate that. And then also, uh, people could also use a PL box if they're uh, uncomfortable with sharing their uh, real location. So thanks for that, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate all you're doing. Definitely appreciate 137 always. And thanks for having me up. Much love, homie. Uh, 5280. What's up, everybody? Um, How's everybody doing? Hey, welcome. So I have a question for the community at large. I wanted to know what you guys think about um, NFTs being used as access passes to music festivals. I mean, I'll jump in. I think that there's going to be an explosion of that for sure. Um, in, in my opinion, that's a huge area of sort of uh, we're overdue for innovation on that front because we've had all this innovation with NFTs over the past few years when live events were largely suppressed or not happening as frequently or in, on as large a scale. And so I think that we're due to see a ton of innovation. Um I mean, ApeFest, you know, ApeFest is partnering with Token Proof. The Gutter Cat Gang is partnering with to- Token Proof for NFT NYC uh, events and programming. I'm partnering with Token Proof for my event on the 19th and the 21st uh, in New York for my token holders to be able to get get into the event before anybody else and enjoy the, the drinks and stuff like that and not have to be waiting online. So, um and 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 that's only gonna the, the innovation will only continue in, in my opinion and and the ability to airdrop rewards offer promotional pricing you know free swag you know meet and greets like yeah it's it's the future i i think every ticket stub that you would normally get physically you'll have the option to get an nft in the in the near future i would even say anything that you would pay for a service or a product where you would get a paper receipt or an email receipt, you'll get an option to provide your wallet address and get an NFT for because for the user or for the customer, you don't have to provide any personal information. You don't have to give your government name, your address, your date of birth, whatever. And for the merchant, you have the most frictionless rewards program or loyalty program that has ever been invented so i I think it's it's headed that way how's it going hello there fam hope everyone's well uh i'm not here to ask a question i'm just here to show some love to spotty um uh spotty man i love you uh you i consider you my uh, mentor here in the web3 music space um and i just want to say that you are a very, you've been very bold uh, here uh, in Web3, not just by what you do with your music, but, you know, just putting out some food for thought for everyone trying to make it. And I respect everything you've done. I appreciate you, the advice that you have provided to me. And I just love you, man, really. It's incredible. Uh, that fragment that you posted on your Instagram account from the upcoming Meta Citizen documentary just changed the way I see the industry. And it makes me it made me so bullish of what's to come for you and for every single artist that makes music here in Web3. So thank you and much love. Bro, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that a ton. 
I know I owe you a message, I believe, also um, on Discord. And um, I, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for, for all those kind words. And, um, and yeah, if anybody's not familiar, there's, a, there's a, a documentary that's coming out premiering at NFT NYC. Um, so I don't know how they're distributing that exactly. Um, it's about NFTs in general, and, and I'm, I'm a small part of it. But, um, yeah, that, that's, I appreciate everything you're saying, man, and, and the energy is appreciated and, and right back to you, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, this was such a great conversation. And I'm glad that it ended with so many people giving love because I know that we asked so many questions, really, really put you on the spot for a lot of those there. And you answered it very gracefully. Um, I just wanted to ask, you know, you talked about your character, Spotty, having the chip on his shoulder. What is going to happen when you reach a level of success where you can't really say that anymore? Or do you think it'll always be there no matter what? Um, I think it'll always be there. You know, it's like it might look different. You know, like Dame Dash talks a lot about how like um, a goal, you know, goals are to be achieved. And then you cross that one off the list and you set a new goal, you know. So right now I want to I want to take NFTs to the mainstream via music. I want I want to put out hit songs. I want to be on Rap Caviar on Spotify, even though I don't love Spotify. I want to put out top 40 charting songs, number one songs. I want to win awards. I want to win Grammys. I want to be thanking my NFT collectors and my supporters from the biggest stage and under the brightest lights. And when if that happens and when that happens, then, you know, we got to get spotty to Hollywood. You know, Goldrill is already in the Jenkins the Valet book, and I know he's trying to get them to make that a movie, and Spotty wants to be in movies. And then, you know, I'm trying, I mean, I see the Bored and Hungry restaurant out in LA. You know, I like to eat, I like food, I need a, I need a restaurant. So there's always another thing. And there's always- <laughs> Spotty has so many goals. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Look, when people, when I started a year ago, I had people that told me I was a gimmick, this was goofy, it was a fad, and it wouldn't work. And if your goals don't scare you and if they don't bring out the haters from the woodwork, then you're not reaching big enough. So when I hear the haters totally silenced and suppressed for a sustained amount of time and I can't find anybody that doubts me, then it'll be time to move on to the next goal. Body, thank you for coming up. We appreciate the stories. Um, we, I, I would like, I'm going to try and follow up your promo. There's no way I'm going to do it as good as you, but we're trying. Hey, sorry. Um, I just wanted to bring up Tom, who is um, writing for 137 and interviewing Spotty. Just wanted him to ask a final question while he's here. Thanks, Erica. Um, yeah, so Spotty, I've got a question for you. Do you think um, between kind of singles and albums, which um, which kind of medium of release do you think's better suited to NFTs? Um, and when can we see an album from you? Um, I think that we're all experimenting right now and it's, you know, there will be different models that work well for different artists. Um, I, you know, my, my, my first album as spotty is called I'm spotty. It's my Genesis collection. It's sold for 60 ETH and 60 seconds. It's done over 200 Ethereum in secondary sales since that time. Um, my my follow-up to that was a single with Bun B, which we put out as a series of NFTs. Um, that one didn't sell out, 
but we we did sell um, you know 19 Ethereum worth of NFTs off of that one song, and and we have plans to do a total of five NFT singles for the new album that I'm working on. So. I think there's merit to both approaches, you know, whether you're selling a single or you're selling an album. Um, I think it just depends on a lot of different variables about the particular song or album that you're putting together. For most, for most artists, I would probably look at what I did with my album as, a, as probably a blueprint that I would gravitate toward more than a single. Because when I put out that album, I spent six months dropping singles and building relationships um, in, in anticipation of that album. And I think time is the best investment you can make in the NFT space in terms of developing those relationships. And an album usually takes more time than a single. So I think that's going to serve people well is to, pro- to, to maybe think about it that way. Um, and for anybody listening on, on streaming platforms, I said link in bio a few times. Um, but it's spottywifi.com or spottywifi.io if you want to learn more about either of those collections. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited to meet you and interview at, at NFT NFTMYC. So. Likewise, man. Looking forward to it. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.